Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, a podcast about the Archers and the goings on of Ambridge. It's P and Q here, Philippa Hall channeling my inner Linda. And Quentin Rayner, just in from my Reiki massage. And standing around eating egg sandwiches, thinking we've lost our minds, the you lot are Dumpty Dummers. This week's Dumpty Dum tune is from God Squad Mia, ably assisted by Jane and Mitchie Moo. They were having a tapas lunch to celebrate Mitchie Moo's 50th. Sounded like lots of fun. Do they call themselves sluts as well at the end? <laughs> On this episode, we are lucky enough to hear thoughts from Hugh from Hayes, Witherspoon, Bernadette, Rob, Megan, Wendy, Bill from Ukraine, Stephen, New York, Nigel, Millie, Molly, Mandy, Rosie, Kate and Catherine, Richard, Ali, Emily, and emails from Stephen, Sally from the West Midlands, Purple Pumpkin, Adam, and Anon of Ambridge, plus Tweet of the Week, Facebook Roundup, and welcoming new members of our Facebook group, information about Instagram, predictions for next week, and then the Dumdy Bookdom item with book specialist Simon Savage. Marvellous. And in that time, I've just completed today's Wordle. My word. (laughs) You're quicker than me, that's for sure. That that list is endless. It's extraordinary. I mean, I I think we should say, because we have such a packed show today, folks, you might be hearing a bit less from us this week. Which is probably what everyone wants. So well done. I think they've ganged up and said, let's flood (laughs) them with calls and make them shut up more. But But uh, long may it continue. Fantastic. This is what we're here for. So so bring it on. But Quentin, Hmm. let's look back at a furtive week in Borsetshire. Well, never has a truer line been uttered in Ambridge than this by Fallon. You can't keep anything secret in this place. But we know you're not interested in salacious gossip, so we start with far more important matters. The apparent transformation of the Am into a navigable waterway. 
The first narrowboat to appear on it in 70 years turned out to be Rex's, as the party Pied Piper led his guests to Serendipity, his new narrowboat home moored by the Country Park. Before the housewarming, Rex and Amy chuckled about her quick exit from their date and how neither of them fancied each other anyway. However, he was too dim to pick up on who Amy does have the hots for from her startled reaction to Chris's arrival in the pub. The whole week hinged on a clinking gate. Amy had gone to see Chris working at the churchyard to tell him their pass-me-my-tights moment had been a big mistake and that she couldn't cope with all the guilt and deceit and they shouldn't meet any more. But Chris counted that as a single man. He was allowed to date other women. He was sick of Alice controlling and manipulating his life. And like Oliver Twist, he wanted more, please. And then they kissed. And then that gate rattled. And then Amy freaked out that they'd been seen. But by whom? We had our answer the next day when a distracted Fallon had the audacity to serve Jazza a coffee instead of a good strong cup of tea. I'm not really with it today, she conceded, and the hen was told to get a grip. OAPs were all the rage. Justin mumbled through a mouthful of Lillian's excellent cake that enough was enough with the failing enterprise that is Barrow Farm. He and wacky Glenda Belcher had big plans for the place, including a luxury retirement village. It's like I've got the plague. A desperate Tracy wailed as everyone continued to thwart her attempts to revive the cricket team. But a listless Leonard gave her a light bulb moment. I'll recruit oldies. They're polite and they don't moan all the time. How about veterans, Leonard suggested. You're a genius. A delighted Tracy replied. However, Chris was determined to bowl a maiden over. He called Amy to invite her over to the flat. I want to be sure you're all right because you really don't sound like you are. And over, she bowled. Brian, Neil and Hannah tried to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Economies at Barrow could save it, but if it came down to last in, first out, Jazza would be walking back to the pavilion. And not for a quickie. Chris and Amy were getting cosy again at the flat when they were rattled by a knock at the door. Fallon had come round for a word with Chris, but when she saw Amy, she exclaimed, How could you? Alice has to know. Kirsty was told her plovative plan was... Tosh. And... One of the most harebrained, ill-conceived and frankly ridiculous schemes... Linda had ever heard. Reminded of how much she meant to the village and the lure of the rewilding job, Kirsty Cave to Clotted Cream and Robert's experimental cake. All hell broke loose when Chris went round to plead with Fallon not to tell Alice. Fallon insisted it was better to tell her now so they'd be around to support her if she took it badly. Chris retorted he was feeling lonely, but he and Amy had agreed to step back and could Fallon back off and keep her big mouth shut. Later, against her better judgement, Fallon heeded meat-free Harrison's advice to let Chris and Amy tell Alice at the right time. But she feared her life had been made impossible, and when Alice found out, she'd never talk to her again. Of all the women he could have chosen, why does he have to go and pick her? OK, fair question. But equally important, how did that narrowboat get onto the am? Was it just serendipity? <laughs> Ooh, what a week. That was a big old week there, wasn't it? What a week. A big, yes. Big, yes. How's your week been, Quentin? I regained my freedom this week, <laughs> Philippa. Uh, on Tuesday, I walked free after 11 days of self-isolation. So, um, wow, 
I'd never realized the sky was so blue. <laughs> uh, I, it, my freedom allowed me to have a haircut as well. And I was, you know, little moments, you get really chuffed. The uh, barber, Paul, he looked at, looked at my pate and complimented me on the thickness of my hair. <laughs> Made my day. I was pleased about that. It was almost a hint of jealousy in his voice, I have to say. I even got off my lazy retiree's backside this week as well. Uh, Philip and did a, a day's work. <gasps> Quentin. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, with MBA students at the University of Nottingham. It's something I do twice a year every year, so I enjoyed that. Um, and I was chuffed a bit because yesterday's Wordle. Did you do Wordle yesterday? No, I did not. I was too busy editing phone calls for Dumpty Dum. It had, it had an Archer's connection. Oh, did it? Yeah, because the answer was Brine. <laughs> my favourite character, Brine. So anyway, <laughs> that was my week. Uh, how about yours? Oh, it's just another chaotic week, driving two plus hours each way to take the dog to a dermatologist. And now I have to apply VEAT to my dog's feet. I mean, the world is strange. And I have been on a diet this week, but I can confirm that five minutes before we started <laughs> recording this, Quentin, having <laughs> seen <laughs> how much content we had, which is wonderful, I have broken that diet. I had to. I had to go on a raid and find a chocolate biscuit in the house. Oh right, you weren't. It wasn't a case of you giving up chocolate biscuits for Lent. No, it was just me giving up being <laughs> breaking the scales every time I right. got on them. So you were but trying to anyway. reduce your intake. Is this, is this what we're talking about? Not giving Basically. up anything. No. Right. But the stress of this podcast has driven you back to a packet of biscuits. Well, I just needed some energy and there was right. no energy. Celery doesn't quite give you the oomph, does it? So, oh, God, yes. no, no. I did anyway. suggest on Twitter, uh, ask if anybody was giving up the archers for Lent. Shocking. Um, no. I, 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 got shot, allowed. I got shot down, didn't I? You saw oh, you, you piled so, in, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I did because that's we just can't tolerate that sort of nonsense. But anyway. That's enough about us. Let's get on to the important bit, which is you, our caller in Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have Hugh from Hayes. He's a first-time caller in and a long-time listener, but he's all at sea. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Hugh from Hayes here. I'm a first-time caller in I've been listening for... Over 38 years, um, I remember Susan Horobin winning a piglet at the county show and uh, she called it Pinky, but couldn't look after it, so she got Neil Carter to help her. And they've been married 38 years and uh, there we are, that's how long I've been listening. I don't do Facebook, I'm not on Twitter, so uh, I'm not sure if anyone's raised this and unfortunately something of a moan really, my first caller in. I think they've changed the landscape of Ambridge forever, just for one storyline. There's now a narrowboat on the Am River for Rex to live in. Well, the Am, in my mind's eye, is a small river. It's got a little pool where Adam and Ian went skinny dipping. It it doesn't seem to me to be a suitable place to park a narrowboat. Rivers have a flow, have a current, which don't suit longboats. Rivers don't have steep sides, they have shallow banks, which don't suit narrow boats. So now I've got to imagine a big river within walking distance of the bull with lots of narrow boats on because you never get one, you always get about 20. And that's not the river in my mind's eye. Anyway, I love the Archers, I love the podcast, um, so thanks very much. The Archers normally makes me laugh, I think it's hilarious in places, and... Um, 
there we are. That's all from me this week uh, and possibly forever. Pip, pip. Bye-bye. <laughs> I hope not, Hugh. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the club. Uh, mm. He apologises for moaning. Uh, welcome to no. the club, mate. <laughs> spot on. <laughs> it's an hour half of moaning here. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Fill your boots. 38 years listening, and the landscape for him has been changed because of this narrowboat. Mm. And this caused, he's not alone, Hugh, it caused a lot of consternation amongst Dumpty Dummers. Um, quite a lot came out. And um, I, I was struck by this tweet from Jack Barrow. And he says, if I could dig out my old map of Ambridge, I'm pretty sure it shows the river as a mere trickle, only big enough for a rowboat. Don't shout at me. What we want is internally consistent stories. The Archers was once famous for its meticulous script writing, where every detail of character and place was recorded for future reference. And didn't stop there either. Stephen Bowden spotted all this on uh, Academic Archers. Paul Rogers has been has posted about this on Academic Archers. The am isn't navigable, so the boat must have been brought there over land. The mooring is in the country park, so belongs, I think, to Grey Gables. The legal position seems fine, but the practicality is far from it. And then Stephen wonders, how will Rex get his toilet pumped out? Um, <laughs> now, the informed opinion of this was that it wasn't sailed down the am. It was brought there by crane, okay? But nobody spotted the crane. Now, that's a big manoeuvre. And Leo, you know, one of our fantastic archivists, who doesn't miss a beat, took him three listens to hear Rex say it was brought down this morning. All right? So how do you bring down a great big narrow boat in that short space of time, get a crane in and the HGV? See what I'm saying? So Hugh is onto something here because a lot of people think the Am is just a little little river. You know, it's it's, it's good for skinny dipping and poisoning, and that's about it. But I, I, Hugh, Hugh is right. This That's why I started the whole roundup and finished it on this point because it caused great concern. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And Hugh, you have to call back. That can't be your last call because no. it was spot on. I've been checking my maps as well. First of all, Country Park. Mm. I didn't even know that there was a Country Park, but it backs onto Arkwright Hall. Um, but in all the maps that I've been looking at, the width of the river is the same width of the village pond. <laughs> so is it even deep enough? To have a- so it's basically a toy boat. He's he's had two weeks with his little saw and his little hammer working on this That's boat. It's a proper narrow boat. It's, it's been a, built no, at, a, it's, at a boat yard, he said. Because when Phoebe was in it, nobody else was allowed in because it well, couldn't be fit. So it's tight. Basically, what they're doing is they're changing it. It's not the arches anymore. It's Howard's way. Or, or Chris's way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does pride itself on its consistency and its meticulousness. Yes, and, and they, this was a load and of And they nonsense. do check on, you know, they and they go back to old threads, don't they? They say, oh, pull that one out and uh, develop mm. that. And suddenly the am is big enough to take a narrowboat, the first in 70 years. But it's, it's on this proper mooring, um, Rex said, by the country park. Mm, yeah. Didn't mm, all yeah. slot together, did it? It, yeah, what a what a load of rubbish. There there are other places he could have lived in the village, so I don't understand. It was perplexing. And I've but. got a friend who's uh, he, he lives on a narrow boat, and he's he bought it as a shell, and he's sort of done it up himself. Um, and it's taken him ages, ages, more than two ages. weeks. That's why it's a toy boat. It's taken him years. It's a little one he's bought from Mother Care, and he thinks he can <laughs> live in it if he loses a bit of weight. Anyway, there we go. Thank Hugh you, Hugh from Hayes. He's calling again. 
Yeah. And now we go to Witherspoon. You've heard about fantasy football. How about a fantasy family? Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Philippa Clinton and all Dumpty Dimmers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Well, things have really heated up this week. It's interesting to read the passionate feelings about Fallon, some critical of her perceived meddling behavior, and others in support of her taking a very vocal stand with Chris and Amy. I think I generally side with Fallon, and as Fallon herself has said, Chris and Amy have put her in a difficult position with Alice. Now on to Chris. Once again, sorry, Philippa, I have not been one of his fans since the start of the storyline. Yes, he's had to cope with Alice's alcoholism, but I, and I know others, feel he's behaved in a rather self-centered way. And obviously, this latest dalliance is no exception. Where does this behavior come from, I ask, as I try to better understand Chris? Put simply, Chris has mother issues. I remind everyone that when Chris was five and a half, Susan was found guilty of harboring and aiding her criminal brother and was sent to prison for several months. That's quite a stressor for a young boy, and I'm sure there's been psychological reverberations for the entirety of his life. Then Susan has overcompensated by taking care of Chris's every need. He marries young to find a mommy substitute, only to find Alice didn't fit that role. Chris was then desperate to have a child to complete the fantasy of an intact, happy family. And Alice certainly didn't want that. As Alice has dealt with her alcoholism, we have seen the tendency for Chris to act from the perspective of his need to keep the fantasy family together. When Alice said no, he has been filled with much internalized rage. We, did, we don't know how he'll react to a request from Alice for shared parenting of Martha. Now his desire to jump into a relationship with Amy, the nurse, the midwife, the idealized mother. I'd like to discuss further, but no time now. But you get the picture. Talk to you soon. Wow. You see, this this is the professional. This is what we need. That that completely makes sense to me with a spoon. Thank you for all of that. Yes, of course, all the sort of the mother issues and the background and perhaps why he's pursuing Amy without realising it. I mean, is it love? Is it lust? Or is it revenge? In a way, it's all of the above. But it when he said, oh, I got wildly jealous, that didn't sound like normal Chris language at all. I don't know. With you know, Amy mentioned leaving as well. We've got Kirsty had originally been talking about leaving and Phoebe. It's like some dystopian thing where all unmarried women suddenly have to leave the village. It's, uh, yes, bizarre. But no, Witherspoon, that's spot on. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there you got a professional looking into it. And here you've got yeah. a couple of amateurs going on that. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> it does, doesn't it? But it reminded me of a point that Millie Molly Mandy. We have a call from her coming up later. But a couple of weeks ago, she 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 suggested, didn't she? I'm sure it's her that actually Amy wants to bring up Martha. Mm. Remember that? Mm. And there you go. There's Witherspoon saying, "Does he see in Amy an idealized mother?" Ooh, this is getting deep, isn't mm. it? Uh, and he used the word need with a spoon, and that's listening to it. I also listened to the thing about three times this week. He did come across as, uh, we'll get onto this in other calls, controlling, coercive, bullying, people feel, but also needy as well, I thought. Very needy. He's a very needy man, um, and he's not used to being on his own at all. Mm. And uh, there is an internalised rage. 
that I sense and it's growing and growing in him. And I think we got more calls later on suggesting that he himself needs some help. Thank you, Witherspoon. Yeah. Yeah. And we get this for free, don't we, from Witherspoon? Right? <laughs> <laughs> God knows what he charges his clients. But we get it free every week on Dumpty Dum. So thanks, Witherspoon. That's oh, wonderful. And now we go to Bernadette with a shaggy dog story on the rules of engagement. Hi, Bernadette Hawks here. Archer's fan 2015. Well, what are we going to do with Amy and Chris? Note, I said Amy and Chris. They are both adults and no right from wrong. But they have both broken the golden rules of marriage and friendship. Amy has broken, you don't shag your best friend's husband, even if they are apart, having only just split up, rule. Chris, bloody idiot, but in a more sinister way, has broken the you don't shag your soon-to-be ex-wife's friend. Huh. It's all got very moral on Twitter this week. And we, struck I, took sides, didn't we? Yes, we did. Chris has little emotional intelligence. And from my former professional opinion, he was unconsciously attempting to punish Amy by shagging her best friend. Amy didn't resist initially because she does fancy Chris a bit. But I doubt she would have um, acted on her on her fantasy if Alice and Chris had not split up. Therefore, I am Team Amy. I believe the SWs and SEs, script editors, dislike her for their own perverse reasons. And because of this, they have put her in the baddie filing tray. Well, that's it from me. The debate about Chris and Amy will no doubt continue to rage for a very long time. Thank you, Bernadette. More, more professional input. I mean, we can, the experts are queuing <laughs> up this week. Um, yeah, I mean, she's saying they both broke the rules, haven't they? Don't shag your best friend's husband and don't shag your soon-to-be ex-wife's friend. I was really hoping I'd get you to say shag this week, uh, Philippa, and make you blush down the line, but... Um, I got to say it, but I mean, feel free to say it yourself as well. Um, I, I, this punish line is interesting as well. I think that's another subtext I do. Uh, I mean, he's on, he's so much on the rebound. He's like, he's in a squash court, isn't he, Chris, at the moment? So, um, and it is a way, isn't it, of saying, I'll show you, I'll show you. I can, st- I'm still attractive to women, blah, blah, blah. You see what you've, see what you lost, see what you're going to miss. Um, and that's a real, a really direct route to get that point across, I think. So, yeah, interesting observation there, Bernadette. But who else is there in the village for him to have? Okay, I'm going to say it. Prepare yourself, Quentin. <laughs> who else in the village is there for him to have a shag with? Oh, that's, the, that's the biggest shock of the week. <laughs> But there isn't. Um, the Shula. I mean, come on, that's not going to She's She's got form. <laughs> um, who? Um, so, and well, he's Phoebe, very busy. Phoebe's, Phoebe's leaving, isn't she? Um, he He's very busy being being a, a dad and a blacksmith and reeling from all that's that's gone on. Well, he's finding time, isn't he, to... Uh, <laughs> I do agree with Bernadette, though. Chris does have little emotional intelligence, but he's a gorgeous blacksmith, so we have to forgive him for that. God, I don't know. So, you're a softie, aren't you? Well, Fallon, 
Fallon's doomed either way. She's got to face up to this. You know, if she doesn't tell Alice, she'll be in trouble. If she tells, it's, it's going to be shoot the messenger. It's one of those that once you know, either way, whatever happens, it's it's not going to go well. So she shouldn't have been snooping around in well, the churchyard. Well, she was going for a walk, for goodness sake. I mean, she didn't know she was going to come across When that. did Fallon ever give walks? I've well, never that's, that's the other point. I'm surprised you haven't picked up on this, because what time of day was this? Because obviously Chris was at work it was during the working day, right? Yes. Why was Fallon not in the tea room working? She was snooping. So, <gasps> I, I mean, I'm, it, you know, we've got a combination of timing and food here, and you didn't pick that up. I'm very surprised, Philip. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> there were so many food references this week. Oh, as well. you must have cake. been. Oh, uh, two yes. loads of cake? We we need to talk about Bacon cake sandwiches. later on. Yes. Even I was listening out for the food references this week. <laughs> well done, I've trained you well. But now we need to go on to Rob, who's struggling to concentrate since the last episode of Dumpty Dum. Hi there, Quentin, Philippa and Dumpty Dummers around the world. I know that Witherspoon had personal reasons for calling in early, but I usually do it to try and temper my output. If I can do two minutes on one episode, imagine how long I could go on for at the end of the week. You'd have to go back to the old days of Royfield and Lucy's three-hour-plus episodes. Incidentally, one of the things I loved this week was Mally and Tracy's call-ins, as it shows the different accents and how far the Dumpty Dum community reaches. Come on, Darcy, we've talked about this on Facebook. You must be next. Now I know why you have to be 18-plus to phone in. Dumpty Dum does 50 shades of flint grey. And the surprise for me came not from the shenanigans between the midwife and the blacksmith, but the content of the podcast. Is it or is it not sexy to ask for your underwear back? Passing back tights and bra might not be sexy, but it is chivalrous. We don't know how high the light fittings are or how tall Amy is or even where they landed. Chris is a well-brought-up boy and he's bound to help. There was an accusation that Amy would kiss and tell. Well, we don't know about the former and we'll have to wait for the latter, but it just seems like it was a drunken one-nighter and they never go wrong. But the biggest shock had to come from our very own dominatrix and dungeon mistress, Philippa. Wrapped in cling film and covered in anti-back. If that's not an OnlyFans tagline, I don't know what is. See you all. Bye now. Rob, I am blushing, but all I can say is that's very bad of you and you need to say sorry. Ooh, right. <laughs> anyway, I've, I've, yes. I've come all of a quiver there. That was we were just talking about my COVID vigilance last week and Rob has just interpreted it in a very different Yeah, that's what you way. call it. That's what you call it. Thousands wouldn't. What and Amy go on dates if they don't fancy each other? I don't understand this. Does this happen? Why do you go well, on a date with of, someone if you don't even fancy them? Well, they were sort of pushed together, weren't they? Let's be honest. Alice was pushing and pushing. And um, who was it that he loved? Because he said he did love someone. Was well, it just the boring Anisha or was it Pip? Yeah, it was one of the two. I thought mm. he was referring to Anisha, but maybe it was Pip. Maybe it was yes. Pip because he said she went off with some somebody who was inappropriate. Mm. Not right for her. In other words, his brother. Anyway, yeah. can we get back to the substance of Rob's call, please? <clears throat> Sorry. He was he was also <laughs> picking up literally on the bras and tights. We're never getting away from that, are we? That age. I wanted just I meant to mention this last week because there's a fantastic uh, Sally D on Twitter suggested a thread of the week that she wanted to start off with this one. I mean it's bad enough with tweet of the week, isn't it? But, uh Sam at uh underscore Sam Dean, asked this question. What kind of woman looks for her tights before her bra? She says, the only reason you'd ask for your tights first is if you suspect your knickers are in them. She, then she says, God, I've thought about this too much. <laughs> and Sally D was saying, we ought to have a thread of the week. Well, that's 
<laughs> honestly, dig it out from at Sam Dean. Uh, it's it's very funny that some of the answers that came in. So there you go. <laughs> so Rob, I hope we've answered your question, and um, you haven't had too many palpitations from it. <laughs> and now we go on to Meg and Wendy with their double act approach to Ambridge. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Wendy and Meg. We're back again. Hello. We, um, we're a little bit busy, but we are back now with some thoughts and sort of predictions. So we're thinking that there is going to be a kickoff at Martha's birthday party. Yeah. We think possibly Fallon's going to start a scrap or something at the rate she's going at the minute. Um, what were you, you thought she was pregnant, didn't you? Yeah. And we think Fallon's been a little bit, a bit scratchy and a bit of a, a madam because of her hormones, because she is pregnant. Is that what you were like with me? <laughs> No. Speaks from experience there, I think. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, we don't think Barrow will go under. No. um, Because we think it's going to upturn some misdemeanors, some shenanigans of Justin or something like that, some financial misdemeanors. So, yeah, it's a plot device for something, isn't it? Um, And we're thinking that Alice is definitely going to realise she wants custody of Martha. Yeah. And that's going to turn kind of nasty if slash when she finds out about Amy and Chris. Yeah. Um, But it's how soon that will happen. And then Chris will get really angsty because he loves Martha and would do anything for that little girl. And he's going to get really cross and it's going to turn into a bun fight. Oh, gosh. Um, what else? Do you have any other points, Mum? Oh, Kirsty. Kirsty saying and doing the rewilding is going to be where not only flowers blossom, but romance blossoms oh. between her and Rex. <laughs> oh, gosh, we're nearly up to the time. Okay, thanks so much, guys. Love the podcast as ever. And Hope we love you. Well. Yes, lots. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We love you too, Wendy. We do love you. Yeah, are they great? Aren't they? They want to do predictions of the week at the end of the podcast. You know, <laughs> the better than mine. That's for sure. I mean, it was just packed, wasn't it? It was <laughs> really plausible predictions. I mean, not that yours aren't, <laughs> Thank you. actually. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some really good ones here, aren't there? Yeah. I think you're right. I think the but the Martha's first birthday party is going to be this bun fight. It's going to be mm. very very. Awkward. I mean, Chris isn't going to be there, but of course she wants Fallon and Amy there. And Amy's hopeless at lying, isn't she? I mean, she's how they haven't picked up on. Yeah, Rex just didn't pick up on anything, and Fallon didn't pick up on anything. I mean, they, she's hopeless uh, at being inscrutable. Um, Fallon's pregnant. That's why she's scratching a bit of a madam at the moment. That never crossed my mind. What do you reckon, Philippa? Pregnant? She doesn't want kids, does she? You think she'd be taking enough protection? No, I mean something's up with Fallon, but I, I, I don't, I don't know what. And they mentioned about Barrow, the mm, uh, not going under. You see, Justin's going to blame Lillian for all of this because at the board meeting it'll be obvious that Brian was forewarned because he'll have done all the research and got all the stats, and he specifically said to Lillian, mm. "Don't tell anyone." Mm. Yeah, so that's that's going to happen. Why did Brian meet Neil and Hannah at the rewilding office? What what? Why would that be some? Does he just book himself into? I wasn't sure about that. And if Berry Farm loses Jazza, I am going to be fuming. Last in, first out. Is that how you legally run a redundancy? Uh, often in the case, yeah. 
But not these days you can't. And especially if he's got the most qualifications and might be on a cheaper wage as he's last in. There will be a, a revolt, won't there, amongst Dumpty Dummers if Jazza... Justin needs to get his just desserts. I'm not having it. He's on the naughty list. Oh, he's awful. Absolutely awful. And she's and Lillian quite rightly says, is this all about revenge? Oh, it's all yes. about revenge. Uh, it's just, you know, me and Glenda Belcher having lots of great ideas. And he mentions another woman, a Harrison woman as well. Uh, Glenda to, Belcher's a great name, isn't it? Great name. It's um, just, yes, and this, uh, this, this other line, this, if Kirsty gets a rewilding job, then romance might blossom. I've often often said this, I think. It'd be, I think they'd go together very well, Rex and Kirsty. There, there's the answer to your question. You asked, who else, who else could it be? Oh, no, that was for Chris, wasn't it? It was for Chris, yes. I see much shagging this week. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, uh, Rex and Kirsty, I think, would make a, a nice fit. So, <laughs> um, And it's all going to turn nasty with custody. Wendy and Meg are right on the money. I think a lot of this will be proved true. So, mm-hmm. Wendy and Meg, when it is, you must call in again. Do call in again anyway and crow, definitely. <laughs> yes, please do. That was a great call. Thanks both so much. And now let's just take a, a more serious route for for a moment, if you'll allow us, because we uh, need to hear from Bill, who should be in Ukraine. Uh, but in a longer call, he has an update on where the war has taken him so far, along with some suggestions on ways to offer our support. Hello, this is Bill Brown. Bill in Ukraine, now in Budapest. Greetings, Dumpty Dummers, Quentin and Philippa. Thank you so much for your concern. Uh, you asked for a quick update, so here it is. Uh, thank you also for your concern about the terrible situation in Ukraine. It becomes more shocking and traumatic every day. Uh, yet, resistance is strong, and though the Russians have wrought havoc in several places and captured one city, they seem to be making very slow progress, possibly due to bad tires, according to one report in the BBC. Uh, Lack of fuel, food, and morale. There is one video going around showing a group of farmers allegedly driving off with an abandoned Russian tank. Very Eddie Grundy. Can you imagine Eddie telling Clary that this will be the main exhibit of the Grundy House of Tanks, Clary Love? That's the light side. The dark side is very dark. I spend all my time checking texts, news, following events, and my friends and students, some are refugees, uh, have gotten out of the country, but getting out has been an ordeal. Uh, Uncontrolled mob scenes at train stations, trains running with no lights at night, hours-long delays at the border. One friend took a bus and waited three days at the border. Getting out is just physical. My friend on the bus reported she was sick from stress and, quote, very nervous, very, very, unquote. I have a student who lives with her elderly mother in a village that is now occupied by the Russians. They've been creeping up on her village and uh, devastating some nearby villages, attacking a city that is close by. Uh, They've been listening to artillery shells and grads all night, rapid-fire missile systems uh, that are uh, quite loud and scary. They have no bomb shelter, no basement, and it's over now. But she recently texted that she heard bombs again. And then a few minutes later, no, it was a noise in her kitchen. 
Ukraine is a country with universal PTSD. I have it too. Even though I never heard a shot, my nerves are stretched thin from stress. It's like uh, 9-11 or 7-7. I was in Washington, D.C. for the former and in London for the latter. And it's that same feeling, only the attacks don't end and they threaten my friends. You asked Philippa where people can donate. The list from The Guardian looks good to me. I'd include donations to the Ukrainian army. Uh, the Ukrainian government uh, website has info about that, how to do that. I suggest donating to groups that aid people still in Ukraine rather than refugees. Uh, I think they're pretty well taken care of once they get across the border. The people in the country are the ones running out of food, money, and medicine in some places. I leave tomorrow for Krakow, Poland. I hope to meet with friends. I just found out they moved on to accommodations in Germany. So I'll probably follow along in a couple of days. Um, I'll check in and uh, I hope on the train ride, I'll get a chance to catch up on the archers. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Thank you. Oh, Bill, gosh, um, what what a humbling update to hear. Thank you. And yeah, we've been looking at what we can do uh, to support people in Ukraine and how we can raise some money. And so this article that um, Bill mentions, we will post a link on the Facebook site. The charities in there that they talk about, there are three, Sunflowers of Peace, Voices of Children, and of course, British Red Cross. And then Bill mentions um, also donations to the Ukrainian army, which you can find on the Ukrainian government website. So I just think personally... um, want to support these initiatives and I think the more dum-de-dummers can do that where possible where financially possible uh, that would be a a great thing for us to do Bill just uh, just take care and uh, keep us updated and stay safe yes Bill you thanked us for our concern well thank you so much for taking the time to call in because a lot of people wanted to hear from you and they are following your progress so as and when, do please keep us updated. And it's just a relief to hear your voice and the fact that you're out of Ukraine now, although your heart very much is still there, clearly. And um, just know there's a lot of love and support here for you amongst all your dumpty dum uh, friends. For me, when I see these pictures night after night, I and the, now it's one and a half million refugees, I just look at them and think, all this mass misery literally to millions of people, caused by the personal grievances of just one man. Mm. How does it come to that? Mm. I cannot get over that. But you haven't lost your your observational skills <laughs> about the archers and uh, that image of Eddie Grundy <laughs> driving off with a with a, an abandoned tank is, is a lovely one. And uh, I hope, you know, the Archers provides a very much-needed distraction for you, Bill. So lovely. Thank you for calling in and look after yourself. We'll have lots more of your calls in a moment, so do keep listening. If you're thinking, I'd like to record a message and I wonder how to do it, here's how. Well, we are the People's Podcast um, and um, logically it follows. We need people on it, don't we? So it needs to be populated by you lot, our wonderful Dunty Dummers uh, So uh, please do get in touch and take part, whether you're a first-time 
caller, as we just heard from Hugh, uh, occasional or even a very regular caller in a row. We love hearing from you. The best way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe.com slash dumpty dum. And you'll also find a link in the show notes. Don't forget the T in the middle. It's dumpty dum. It's speakpipe.com slash dumpty dum. It honestly really is ever so easy. You can have as many goes as you like in the comfort of your own home. Nobody will know. So don't worry. Also, have a look at our pinned tweet on the Dumpty Dum Twitter account to find all the details of how to leave us a message. We normally record at 12 noon on a Sunday, so please try and get your calls in no later than that. Make sure you keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, we need your help. There are three things you can do. First of all, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. And if you would please consider giving us a five-star review, it would be a huge help with the battle of the podcast algorithms. Secondly, if you can write a nice review, well, that helps even more. And we need to say a huge thank you so much to... Devon Eleven Maid for your fabulous review entitled A Must for Fans of the Archers. It's a lovely review. Much appreciated. Thank you. And finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you just go to patreon.com and search for Dumpty Dum, we would be chuffed a bit to have your support. And we need to say a huge thank you to our new Patreons this week. To Bernadette and to Joe. Thank you very much indeed, Bernadette and Joe. Yes, thank you both so much. Back to our calls, and next we have our Stephen, who senses a crisis in Chris. Hello, you two. I've been thinking about Chris and Alice. Alice seems to be turning her life around and heading in the right direction. We know from occasional remarks that Alice has been getting professional help. Not just her buddy Lisa, but counselling too. Chris, on the other hand, is not in a good place. However you look at his relationship in moral terms... Is it right for him to be sleeping with one of his wife's best friends? His approach is getting increasingly unpleasant. He's bullying Amy and not accepting that no means no. And his defence against any criticism is that none of this is his fault. I think he's angry about what has happened. And he hasn't worked through why it happened. He's spiralling downwards. And I think we're heading for a crisis. But I think that the crisis will have a positive outcome. Somebody will realise that Chris needs help too. It might be a friend like Harrison, it might be Alan, it might be the mediator. And maybe Chris will be ready to accept it. The last thing we need are episodes featuring Chris talking to a counsellor or discussions about suitable organisations. But it would be good if the benefits of professional support were acknowledged. And maybe an if-you-have-experienced-this-sort-of-thing message after the programme. Anyway, that's all from me now. Goodbye. Thank you, Stephen. Thoughtful as ever. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people have picked up on on Chris's approach to Amy that he's controlling, that he's bullying, um, and that, as Bernadette suggested earlier, that he's, he's looking for some sort of punishment on Alice. Um, uh, he he does sound like he's heading for a fall, doesn't he, Chris? Uh, he's getting more and more uh, mm. worked up. There's that rage that um, Witherspoon referred to as well. And um, I think Harrison might be the man, actually. I think he's 
I like Harrison. He's, a, you know, he's, I'm, I was going to say dull but decent. I think he's not. I think he's more than that. And it's also with this extra uh, angle on wanting, you know, his revelation since playing Jesus and all that and wanting to get baptised. He's growing, I think, as a character, Harrison. He calmed it all down, didn't he, when it blew up between Fallon and Chris. So maybe a combination of Harrison and Alan is a, is a good one, but Stephen doesn't want long, heavy scenes of mediation, but he needs help, that guy. Yes, we definitely don't want him turning to Tom because uh, Tracy said, all I got from Tom Archer was a blank stare. Yeah, that was a great <laughs> yes. That, that sums up his character in a line. That was glorious. But yeah, Stephen, you're right. I just feel like Chris's sort of internal breaks are failing. You know, he's not being able to stop himself and just think, is that the rational way to to deal with it? It's not ideal, but um, oh, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's very difficult. And um, I mean, I think help. we've probably reached the point, haven't we, that you and I need to lay our cards on the table, don't we? Oh no about this whole Fallon, Chris, Amy triangle. Shall I go first? Yeah, go on. Um, I think that uh, you can't help who you fall in love with Mm. or who you fancy. Um, And I think they personally should... I was going to say acknowledge that they fancy each other. That's they've gone beyond that, but I think they, <laughs> <laughs> I think they've established oh, goodness, that. Bless you. I think they've established that. Um, I, th- I think they're right to take a step back now and, and park it for a bit to their lust, their desire, uh, with a view to choosing the right time to tell Alice, and hope that she doesn't completely go off. Uh, go, go off the deep end with it and, and you know, hit the bottle again. So they'd have, they'd have to time it really well. And I think they would have to also spell it out that Fallon wanted to tell her, but they asked her not to. And uh, Fallon feels desperately conflicted and she wants to look after her friends. So I think it's gone too far to put it back in the bottle, so to speak, mm. but they need to just park it if they can. I mean, the fact is, of all, as she said, of all the women, it was not a smart move in such a tiny place. I mean, <laughs> it was a dumb move, but sometimes, you know, you're consumed by lust. But what's behind that lust is another matter. Does he really feel anything for Amy? I think Amy does for him. Is it genuinely reciprocated? Mm-hmm. We don't know. But that's my position. And, uh, Philippa, you're going to defend <laughs> Chris to the Hill now. <laughs> it's not ideal. It's not lustful intentions towards Amy and she reciprocates. That's not what you draw up in a how things no. should be. But I wanted uh, illicit love and that has been delivered. So from a listening point of view, I love it. Now, yeah, I, I know everyone's going to shout at me for this and I apologise. I I don't see Chris quite as controlling as some people do. I do worry, though, that he maybe when they went to Las Vegas, when they got married, he sort of not forced the wedding, but he pushed the wedding there. I I don't know. Um, But he's had, yes, Alice has gone through an awful time and I'm not taking that away. But also Chris has had his whole life sort of pulled out from under him. He's He's lost the, stru- the the family structure that he clings to for 
probably for all the reasons that Witherspoon set out. Um, and he's lost having his daughter there full time, the woman that he loves. He went through awful times. You know, do you remember that scene on the bathroom floor when Alice was um, pregnant? Uh, it was it was just so hard to listen to that. So he has gone through a lot and not dealing with it. And he's not, he's not, I don't feel he's deliberately going out to harm someone. And if Amy's not comfortable, she needs to say it's, she's, he's not a Rob person. Um, you have and, support. You do have support on Twitter. You have do support. I? Oh, I thought it was the only one. Dorset oh. Driad at Dorset Driad. He bent over backwards for Alice. She was dismissing his desire to have kids for years and years. And she made the decision to stay in Ambridge after they had made a joint plan on how to move to Canada. Seems he has been at the whim of her impulses and deceits for a long time. So you're not alone, Philippa. Well, that's quite a strong view, but I'm just, yes, I'm sort of a diluted version of that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to read out some other views because we've got some other calls on this. Surprise, surprise. But <laughs> um, it's it has split opinion, to say the least. But... Um, it's a complete mess, isn't it? And uh, but I think they've got to take stock and think it's it's crisis management now, isn't it? Because Alice uh, Fallon is in an impossible position. You can see why she. But to go blundering in there like she seems to want to would just be equally destructive. So it, they're meant to be grown ups, and they need to just now is not the time to do it. It's just you know, they've got to get into the sort of divorce procedure i think to make it formalize the whole thing i think it's all too raw at the moment and yet alice does not want to be with chris she has made that very clear yes so is he supposed to carry on mourning that that relationship and uh, what if what if chris and amy are going to be the best marriage and let's not forget when chris and alice got married brian referred to it as a starter marriage i mean he didn't wouldn't have known the reasons but he said well that's, that's your starter marriage um and Get there we brian. go <laughs> anyway <laughs> let's move we'll on have, we'll have more on this folks don't worry yeah. <laughs> let's go to new york nigel who's back with questions about harrison's baptism hello everyone it's new york nigel here calling in again with a couple of little observations and it's nice to be back um first this famous baptism it seems as if it's all been a bit speedy as if he's going to be done as we used to say in some sort of private ceremony as if it was you know some sort of covid booster jab or something it's it's not the sort of outcome we expected when he first made the decision and i'm just wondering what sort of preparation he's had has alan given him some sunday school coloring books on my favorite bible stories have they had in-depth conversations in his study about his experience in a loincloth standing in the am or his crucifixion scene if so, I think it would have been quite nice to hear a snippet of the conversation between a policeman and a vicar. And I bet the scriptwriters make a really good job of it. And how is this conversion going to play out anyway? Is Jill about to put him on the flower rota or recruit him for the choir? Is he going to start an outreach youth group in the village with table tennis tables or something? Do you know, I, I actually quite like Harrison. I even think he'd make a decent vicar. Um, 
Philippa's comment about the biscuit and the alpha course made me laugh, although I'm a bit weary of that route because it's quite evangelical. When they wanted to come to New York City to run one of them in the in the Anglican Diocese of New York, where I am, we required them to leave behind all of their leaflets on family values and the undesirability of same-sex marriage. And finally, do you know, I've always been embarrassed to say that I've never really liked Fallon. Her mum's fun, but she seems to be more of a police sergeant than, than Harrison actually is. She's quite judgy, isn't she? And one fundamentalist in that marriage is more than enough. Well, cheers for now. New York, Nigel, that is a sensational call. (laughs) A speedy baptism like a COVID booster jab. (laughs) And uh, the image of Harrison with his colouring in Bible books. I just love that. Um, I uh, was unaware of uh, the the awful leaflets with the Alpha course. Yeah, didn't know that. And quite right. I'd I'd be interested to know whether they still came... um, to New York, despite the fact that they couldn't bring the, these leaflets. That would be interesting to know. And you never liked Fallon. No, I agree. I think the contrast between Fallon and Harrison, you know, with Fallon, it's all on her terms. It's all about how it impacts her and what people will think of her and how Alice will be with her as a friend, whereas Harrison is just there for people. And uh, that becomes more poignant as we go on. Yes, and uh, I mean, Nigel's concerned it's all a bit speeded up, this this baptism, isn't it, without mm. sufficient preparation. But the, there was an interesting moment last week, I think it was, when Tracy was trying to recruit for the cricket team and she approached Harrison, didn't she, and uh, Alan. And Harrison barely gave her any time and no interest. Former cricket captain, for goodness sake, but he's with the God squad, I notice. <laughs> and she said, and uh, maybe he is getting preparation behind the scenes. That is my explanation for his total lack of interest now <laughs> in in cricket. And it's been mentioned before, Nigel. Um, great to have you back, by the way. And, mm. uh, of course, you are ordained yourself, so you've got an insight into all this. Yeah, I think, yeah, we all think Harrison could become a, could make a decent vicar. Yeah. Mm. And this is what's terrifying Fallon. Maybe she sees, blimey, maybe he's seen his, found his vocation. Uh, and um, she really is... The police sergeant in the in the relationship, very judgy, uh, says Nigel. I, I yeah, I'm seeing Fallon is a weird one because I can go through fate. I'm sort of same with a lot of the characters, but she is hot and cold, isn't she? She blows hot and cold. She can be at times a really good friend, very empathetic, and then other times she just blunders in there, doesn't she? As you say, it's all on her terms. It's all mm-hmm. how can I possibly look so and so in the face? And we've got to tell her, you know. And, doesn't pause to think. She's very impulsive, isn't she, at times? Overly so. She's so, very selfish, I think. Hmm, that's probably the word I was looking for. Yeah, self-centred, yeah. Anyway, thank you, New York Nigel. That More, was please. superb. Yes. Yeah. And now we go to Millie Molly Mandy, who needs to take Linda to task. Hi, P and Q. It's Millie Molly Mandy here. And quite quite a week in Ambridge. My goodness, Linda really let Kirsty have it. It was a solid piece of bullying. I normally like Linda, but boy, I thought this was unforgivable. How did she think she knew so much better than Kirsty did about what Kirsty was right for her, was right for Kirsty? Kirsty is stuck in a village where she's been dumped at the altar, her baby's died, and she's married a slaver. She needs time off, poor girl. 
But the arrogance of telling somebody that you know better than they do, and then poor Kirsty crumbled. Um, I was so sorry. And then there we've got Fallon um, seeing something that she shouldn't have seen. Close your eyes, girl, and keep your mouth shut, but make like it didn't happen. This whole thing just makes me remember what it's like to live in a small town and makes me glad to live in the big old city where uh, it's anonymous and other folk don't tell you what you should do. Sometimes Ambridge looks really attractive, but this week it absolutely didn't. Um, I'm glad of my anonymous city. Thanks for all you do, P&Q. Let's hope that the village backs off. This kind of bullying is, is one of the reasons anonymity is great. Um, see ya. Bye. Lovely to hear from you again, Millie, Molly Mandy, and um, interesting points that you raised because yeah, Chris was accused of bullying this week and now you see Linda bullying as well. Um, it's funny I was torn because I don't want Kirsty to leave, so I was quite pleased she caved so quickly. Um, and Linda did it in such with such style, didn't she, with her usual elan, and um, <laughs> you can't help but chuckle when she delivers those lines. She acts it so well. But equally, uh, I know Phoebe was com- putting in a lot of pressure on Kirsty as well, saying, you know, this is your mm. home. This is your home. Um, and... Um, no one seemed to be getting the fact that she needed to get away from all the weight that is associated with, mm-hmm. with Ambridge. You know, Kirsty's reasons for going were too easily dismissed by clotted cream and an experimental <laughs> cake, weren't they? Um, maybe she does need to get away to come back and realise how much she loves Ambridge. At least she needs a break, just, you know, mm. even if it's a holiday, just to get away, pause for thought. But I did not appreciate Phoebe. She didn't seem to understand Kirsty's motivations for wanting to go away. Phoebe just seems guilty that Roy's going to be on his own. And she was putting some extraordinary pressure on Kirsty. Um, I love how Linda sort of gets away with bullying more because it's almost what we expect from Linda. Yes. And, and she did it in a way that... Uh, no, nobody else can. Thank you, Millie Molly Mandy. That was a great call. And now we go to our very own Rosie, who's seeking sanctuary in Susan. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Rosie Porty here calling in from the park, hoping to see some otters this morning. Just calling in around the scary behaviour of Chris. And I'm quite worried, actually, about the impact of what he's doing on Amy's mental well-being. I know she shouldn't have jumped up those dangerous stairs and hopped into the sack with him. But I think he's putting her in a, in a really horrible position. And now Fallon is involved and Harrison is involved. And it's just really pretty grim. And some of the characteristics he's displaying are narcissistic and controlling and quite, quite scary, really. So I'm hoping that uh, Susan the Tannoy is made aware of the situation and action is taken to try and nip things in the bud before they get out of hand. But more positively, um, hopefully Linda's pep talk with Kirsty will have convinced her to stay in Ambridge. And in terms of sort of interactions with Plovdiv, maybe Lexi could come back. That would be amazing. Um, and just finally, uh, sending love and support to Bill from U- Bill um, from Ukraine 
Uh, this is just a horrendous situation and just sending love and support to him and his family and his students and anybody else um, who has connections with Ukraine. So take care, everybody, and stay safe. Oh, thank you, Rosie. Yes, gosh, what is Chris doing? I did hear him mention about, oh, did you get all my texts to Amy? So I just hope he isn't going down the OTT route. I, I don't know. But the we all seem to love the, would you like clotted cream with that? <laughs> Linda said. Um, I, and the I, big... I, th- I think that would sort out Ukraine, wouldn't it? Yeah. Linda the... with clotted cream and experimental cake. Well, the biggest mystery of the week was what was the cake? Robert was experimenting with it. It's a cake that you add clotted cream to. What I am so intrigued by what this cake was. Was it just a normal thing? That's very unlike you. (laughs) I just need to know. (laughs) These are facts that that need to be filled in. As long as it's got lots of icing in, that's all you're worried about, right? Well, I don't want any of that red velvet nonsense. So, no, I hope it wasn't that. But if it had some of the key ingredients, chocolate and cream and sugar and butter then then i'm in there's a surprise now look um from cake to to what the sort of serious points that rose is making that she talks about his scary behavior uh the impact on amy's mental well-being that he's narcissistic and controlling i'm just going to read out some more comments on twitter because we've made i've made my own points about this so yeah just to show the range of thoughts. Um, Rachel Papworth at Green and Tidy. What's all this about Chris feeling manipulated, controlled by Alice? Seems to me he's always got the life he wanted. If it wasn't for him, she might be in a high-flying job in Canada and childless. To which Julie CL replies, Chris's life has been turned upside down over the last year or two. This isn't what he always wanted. He didn't choose this. This is what Alice has chosen. He can't allow her to control his life now. And also, uh, Sarah, Sarah for all to see, a former, I think, gold winner in our Tweet of the Week, I think, Sarah, um, she says, uh, Alice is an adult and she made her own choices. I've never thought of him as controlling. It makes me laugh, actually. She's an incredibly strong personality. Chris's behaviour is in part because of everything that's happened to him over the last few years with Alice. So... It's really has split opinion. This um, I know a lot of that was about his dynamic with Alice. Um, I I I felt uneasy the way he was treating Amy this week. She was clearly distraught, pulled in so many different directions, and deep down she knew she knows it's wrong and she's trying to resist, but she's overwhelmed with lust clearly uh it seems to you know he, he can persuade her to come over or kiss him um despite her protestations and resistance so and yet um, up to that yeah. point he'd been the one saying oh you know it's friends and oh no it's friends mm. and she he didn't go around to her she went no. around to him so oh, i'm yeah. this Good does point. sound like i am um completely exonerating chris and i am not at all well, no, you're not, but, but i mean i think because she did go around he thought, right, I mean, obviously he's in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now now's my chance to take to take control. And he has put pressure on her. 
and I felt uncomfortable yeah. listening to it. Thank you, Rosie, so much. Let's go on to Kate and Catherine, walking the walk and talking the talk. Hi, everyone. It's Catherine and Kate. Hi. We're sitting outside a pub, actually in a car park, because we're going on a healthy walk, not <laughs> boozing this time. Right, must get on with it. So firstly, Brian has a laptop. That really surprised me today. But um, uh, Chris and Amy. Jesus, what a palaver over one act of copulation. Big drama. And totally unnecessary. I'm thinking, look, Chris, uh, what's her face? Um, Ex-wife, Alice, she binge you. You go and do what you want. I I don't see why it's against the law for them to get it on. But I'm team Amy because she is feeling guilty and rightly so, mate. That's a little bit close for comfort. And I think you need to have a little think about your psychology on that. Thank you very much. But we think there's actually going to be a plot twist that all will come out. There'll be another creaking gate or something like this. Um, and that Chris will, um, oh, what's her name? Alice. <laughs> Alice, well, I can't remember anyone's names ever. Alice will say, yeah, that's great. Well done. Give her blessing. And Chris will be like, oh, that's the final gate closed and be really sad. And then Amy will be the loser. I wonder if he's doing it because it's exciting and forbidden. And then when your wife says, yeah, that's fine. Have sex with my best friend, like people do. All the time. All the time, I hear. <laughs> Maybe just in Hampshire. Um, that... Uh, <laughs> He won't care. So that will be it. Um, with regards to the alcoholism, I think that that's a, a false, a red herring, because uh, if she'd had any good treatment, which I'm, I'm in a bit doubt she did have good uh, rehab from what previous people have said, that they're going to say, look, you know, you've got to be ready to deal with disappointments and not just turn to a quarter bottle of Dimitri vodka, which you might buy from an off license. I used to work in an off license, all sorts of alcoholics with, with little habits like that. So I don't think that she's going to become an alcoholic. I think that she's going to be fine. And we wish her well. That would be great. Yeah, and also, is Chris a bit handsome? I think he might be. We couldn't decide whether that was in real life. Or just in my head. Or just in the <laughs> thing you've put together Filthy. in your imagination. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, thank you, you two. There, there we are. <laughs> How much have they had to drink already? <laughs> <laughs> just coffee by the sound of it. <laughs> a bit more than that, I think. So, yeah, so we've heard there from Catherine the Impaler and St. Kate. You <laughs> <laughs> take a different viewpoint on on the shenanigans in in Ambridge this this week. Um, um, I mean, Kate's suggesting that uh, uh, Amy, you know, just just puts a, a break in things, but uh, Catherine's saying, "Well, <laughs> you're a free man. Do what you want." Uh, this uh, another creaking gate. Do do do. Um, it'd be an interesting twist if Alice is really cool about this, as they're suggesting yeah, she yes. might be. Yeah. Um, um, but that comes back to what we're saying. It's the time of when they tell her. Um, were they suggesting that Chris would almost be disappointed if she was cool about mm. it? Yeah, mm. male Part of the chase. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I, they do ask if Chris is a bit handsome. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll hand that over to you, Philippa. Well, all I'll say is, Kate and Catherine, if you have a Google of Will Scolding, particularly his Instagram account, then uh, all will be revealed to you. What I would say is that <laughs> Will, at the moment, is doing, uh, if you, I don't know if you know about Cameo, which is this app or website you can go on to request messages from stars. Well, Will, at the moment, is doing it to raise money for um, Ukraine. So it's uh, really worth supporting him and Ukraine with that. But uh, yeah, Will, Will Scolding. Golding, uh, have a look and uh, 
Have you have you had several looks, Philippa? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. No, because his girlfriend is a fabulous actress that was in um, the series It's a Sin, uh, where they all right. said la. So, yes, a lot of the photos are of the two of them, unfortunately, but never mind. Scratch your eyes out, eh? Scratch your eyes out. <laughs> no, no. As I say, I'm old enough to be his mother slash grandmother, so mm. there well, we go. You. Thank you, Catherine and Kate. Hope you enjoy a walk, and it's fairly straight. And it just shows um, that we can all agree to disagree. You know, if we can't agree on our favourite biscuit, we'll never agree on going to on of Ambridge and it would be boring if we did. So there we are. Now, let's move on to Richard, who's in need of a new clutch. Hello, everybody. Richard Beveridge here. Biffo prop on the Twitters. I hope broadcasting loud and clear from Sankist, Lancaster. Uh, my gears were particularly ground this week by Fallon, Chris and Amy behaving like spoilt children at the uncovering of Chris and Amy's date last week. All this he said, she said, Alice must know or Alice will will fall off the wagon talk seemed most absurd and very teenaged. It's from three adults, one of whom is a parent. I listened again this morning, Sunday, and um, I wanted to pick up on something Fallon said about to. Uh, Harrison giving up meat for Lent, not because for any reason other than it jiggers up the, the buffet that she has planned for his baptism. Well, there may be a solution, Fallon. Adult baptism often takes place in the Catholic Church at the Easter Vigil on the uh, day before Easter Sunday. It's because the new baptismal water for the coming year is baptised as part, is blessed, I should say, as part of the liturgy. It's a time when an awful lot of converts who become Catholics are received into the church and adults who haven't been baptised also. The alternative, of course, is Laetare Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Lent, which is also known as Mothering Sunday, where one is released from one's um, Lenten abstinence. A couple of options there, um, Fallon, and not a very long time away, and uh, for a decision that Harrison's making for the rest of his life. Hope you're all well. My fond regards to everyone in Dumpty Dum World, especially Philippa's dad, who I do hope is enjoyed and is continuing to celebrate the Lancaster Royal Grammar School's magnificent Lancashire Cup win on Tuesday. Tinkity tonk. Oh, Richard, I love that sign off, Tinkity Donk. Yes, and my father sends his best to you as well. Some great rugby results. Uh, yeah, spoiled children. Yeah, I I can see that. As Claire from Clapham talked about last week, the sort of almost famous five daring do, we had some of that in other ways as well this week with secret meetings and the narrowboat mystery and all the goings on, as Richard says, about Fallon and Chris and Amy. And when Jazza was... Um, christening vote may she never spring a leak and then it sounded like he was throwing the largest bottle ever known to mankind against this boat i really thought it was going to not just spring a leak but there'd be this massive hole in in the boat but just well, me and then it sinks before <laughs> yeah, our yes, exactly <laughs> with phoebe there with her armbands on trying to swim out or maybe he chucked off the pond a bottle of iron brew is it you know yeah. sunk without a trace <laughs> Yes, um, yeah. Richard's characterization of those three spoiled children was 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 good. It, it did it did become a bit. Uh, they did behave a bit like infants, didn't they? At times, but equally, it is extremely stressful for them because it's all 
it's all going tits up, isn't it? Um, well, maybe not if she finds a bra. Anyway, pardon that. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, well, as ever, Richard uh, gives us a fantastic insight into the workings of the church. Uh, he's talking about, uh, you know, a moment for a new baptismal water. But I presume that's within the context of the Catholic Church. Harrison presumably is going to get baptised within C of E, isn't he? Mm. My, yeah. Alan, yeah, right. So maybe it's Mothering Sunday, as he suggests, might be a good time to do that um, when he can take up meat again. But will he? That's because that'll be interesting, won't it? I, I, I felt for Harrison at a particular – you know when he was explaining he didn't want a baptismal party because he mm, didn't want yes. his family lining up and chewing on egg sandwiches and thinking he was bonkers. There's this real sense of him feeling isolated in this decision it's an important decision and fallon is hopeless and he says you don't really get it do you and she sort of comes up with some sort of platitude well i, I do understand it's important to you and it, he feels very lonely in this i think harrison and he does need as uh, new york niger was suggesting more, more preparation more support i think and maybe alan and the god squad are giving that so i, ho- I hope so but um he doesn't seem to be getting anything from anybody no, more and more like Jesus every day. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Richard. Insightful as ever. Yes. And now let's go to Ali in Washington, D.C., who was lost but now is found. Hi, all. It is Ali in Washington, D.C. And I'm trying to get back into the swing of things to listen to the archers. But recently I picked it back up. And as I was listening to the Amy and Chris and... Chris and Alice and Amy and Rex and at all with Fallon, Witherspoon's voice and his words about the support groups that are available for families and friends of alcoholics kept ringing through my ears as I was listening. Another thing that I picked up on is how Fallon's reaction to Amy and Chris was so similar to Tracy's kids' interactions when Chelsea found out who Brad was interested in. Just so sophomoric. Anyways, that's all for me this week. Bye-bye. Do you know, Ali, you've just been sort of recapping some of the things that have happened in the week, and it's just made me realise what... It was a great week. I'm sorry, but it, for me, it was. We had was. the Barrow Farm clandestine meetings, the illicit love. Who was at the gate? Where is Rex living? I mean, it's just got so much more to it than it, it has for a while. And so for for that, I'm very grateful and very grateful for your call. Yeah, you're right, because when I, I script the, the uh, roundup at the top of the show, um, this one took a long time to write and, and structure because there was so much in, in interlaced and interwoven this mm. week. So um, um, that's a very valid observation there, uh, Philippa and, and Ali. And it just struck me, Ali's call, that's the fourth call we've had this week, isn't it, from America? Mm. And now we need to go from America to Canada because our final call this week is from Emily with her early morning thoughts on a village far, far away. Hello, P&Q, and all my fellow subjects in the kingdom of Dumpty Dum. It's Emily from Canada calling. Excuse the gravelly voice. It is 3 3 a.m. in Vancouver, which is 11 a.m. in the UK. Um, And my husband and uh, kids are sleeping just down the hall. Uh, So I'm trying to be quiet. Um, I wanted to 
speak about um, Chris being a bully. Uh, as I've thought about it, I've realized that really he was a bully with Alice, um, kind of discounting, well, not kind of, discounting her experience with alcoholism and how she felt when in the grip of her addiction. And it seemed he was always just trying to push her to be well without making any effort to learn about alcoholism and understand her experience of it. Then, of course, uh, last week he was horrible to Amy and this past week he was, you know, vicious with Fallon. Um, So, again, what he's like when he's not getting his way. And then this week uh, he was, of course, bullying Amy to have a relationship with him despite her obvious distress uh, and desire to not have a relationship with him. Uh, I felt really uncomfortable with that scene. Um, and I wondered if I was just being oversensitive um, until I saw another person's post on the Facebook page saying that they felt that Chris was being a bully. And I just wanted to just note that I felt this was a really sad reflection um, on, um, you know, women's experience in our society and um surrounding issues of consent and wondering if we're making a bigger deal than we should. Anyway, going to run out of time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Emily. My goodness. I hope you got some sleep because that your dedication to Dumpty Dum is incredible. That's I, the second 3am call she's filed. <laughs> it really her, her, is Her voice amazing. is sounding gravelier and gravelier. It's so yeah. difficult with Chris, though. Personally, if it had been Chris that said, uh, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore, my reaction would be so different to everything after that. Um, but I I do completely get it. Uh, am I changing my view? I, I don't know. But you get what? You get what? The, about him, um, well, bully is a very strong word as far as i'm concerned would i use that for chris no but he is is he, um, coer- is he coercing i don't know he's manipulating he's he's pressurizing yeah but pressurizing again in different we all pressurize people um i you know i pressurized you to for us to get started today so you know we you know we all do that in different ways so for me those words are aligned with something quite mm. sinister and evil which i don't mm. think he is but it it's I can't what are his motives though does he really fancy yeah, we know what his motives are well yeah i mean yeah, he's it's being a horny old goat, but um, I mean, bear in mind he probably hasn't had much of a sex life in recent months anyway. But years, I mean, ye- oh years, right? Okay, yeah. Um, but does he actually? Is is it just sex for him, or does he feel something for Amy? Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, does, I, does he I want don't a relationship? Know. Love, lust, or revenge? I think it's a bit exactly. of thing, and he's just so exactly. messed up. But anyway, uh, Emily. But can I just say, I, I, in his defence, because I hadn't—I don't think he came out of this week very well. Uh, I think throughout, you know, when he was dealing with Alice and her alcoholism, and he, you know, we were all frustrated, weren't they? They didn't seem to get informed or get enough support and so forth mm. about alcoholism, and, and equally getting found out by Fallon. What informs his response often that he, he panics, doesn't he? he he's, he's in a state of panic, really, this this week, uh, fueled by. Amy's um, great unease about everything. So he needs some guidance, this one, and he needs to calm down uh, and he needs to respect 
Amy's clear discomfort. As I said earlier on, they just need to take a step back. As he's promised, Fallon, they are going to, but uh, we, we shall see. So those are the calls. But you can also send us an email if you'd prefer. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yes, uh, if you'd rather send um, an email, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Please do get your calls and emails in just before 12 noon on Sunday as we record at midday UK time. Remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. And so we go from our caller inerers to our email inerers. And our first email is from R. Stephen with the subject... Where have all the archers gone? I'm going to do this like Stephen. Hello, you two. That's how he says it, isn't he? Um, Looking at the cast list for the week just gone and the week about to come, I couldn't help noticing that there was nobody listed with the surname Archer. Given that the programme is called The Archers, is it? I forgot that. I thought I should check up on the state of the family. So what makes somebody an archer? If we go with blood relatives of Dan Archer, there are currently 32 of these altogether, of whom 21 are speaking characters. But if we look at people with the surname Archer, there are only 15. And of these, only 10 are speaking characters. Plus, there are another seven who have previously carried the name, six of whom are current speaking characters. Back in 1951, there were 12 characters with the surname Archer, but three of these were silent and a fourth only turned up in 1957. Of the eight speaking Archers, are you keeping up, Philippa? (laughs) Six were blood relatives of Dan, including Dan himself, and two were Archers by marriage. There there, There are no former Archers who had taken on another name. Of course, the number of speaking characters has boomed since 1951. So while the number of people called Archer has remained fairly steady, as a proportion of all characters, it has shrunk. So what have we learned from all this? First, that there are still plenty of archers around, even if we go a few weeks without hearing from them. And second, that I have too much time on my hands. <laughs> right you are, Steve. And Stephen did actually send me a bit of a quiz to ask you, but we're a bit short on time, so I'm not going to make you go through it. But he was saying, can uh, can you name the seven who have previously carried the name, six of whom are current speaking characters? Shall I just whip through them very quickly? They are Peggy, Jennifer, Adam, Lillian, Shula, 
Elizabeth. And then the one that isn't speaking is, of course, Mel, who was married to Kenton. So there we oh, go. Right. Um, well, look, Stephen, you, you are in the pantheon of, of archivists of, of the Archers, yes. you know, the, the Brendas. I sense the, the spreadsheet. The Lynn Raffertys, the Leos, and the Stevens <laughs> of this world. I mean, what you say is clearly true. I'm like, can you? attempt <laughs> to suggest otherwise no, but um y- y- yeah um to have the time to do that sort of research is is intriguing me as well so uh, <laughs> how come Stephen has this time to do it is the question isn't it thanks but <laughs> thank you Stephen Yes, thank you, Sam. That was great. And our second email is from Sally, and she says, Hi, it's Sally from the West Midlands. I find myself going back and forth regarding Alice and Chris. I found that I've sympathised with Alice and her struggles with alcohol and the guilt she must carry every single day. I'm not a fan of Chris, and I don't like this relationship he has going on with Amy. As a character, I find Amy very dull, and Chris just plays the victim. But this situation they are all in now is so difficult, and I can see a point of view from all three of them. I do think Fallon needs to keep out of it though it doesn't seem that long ago she was against Alice herself I can see Alice isn't going to take it well though and I predict a custody battle yeah I I agree yeah I do Sally you're spot yeah. on yeah it's going to get nasty yeah I mean she's crowing about being her a really good friend and as she as Sally said she was laying into her only a few months ago when she in a drunken state uh, kissed Harrison. So, um, yeah, she needs to just calm down, listen to Harrison more, and as we've said, just park it and work out a way with Chris and Amy as how to tell us. Because don't forget, Fallon refused to be godmother to Martha because of yes. the way she felt about Alice. So, yes. yeah, she's not covered herself in glory. But I forgot and- that. That was cruel, that was, wasn't it? It, yes. it was, so thank and den- you. And denied Harrison being a godfather as well. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, and he's gone all godly, so he'd love to be a godfather. <laughs> He'll be taking the, the service <laughs> next. And our third email is from Purple Pumpkin. Dear Philippa, Quentin and Dumpty Dummers everywhere, this is your loyal listener, Purple Pumpkin, with two comments for this week. First, I wanted to tell you where I have been listening to Dumpty Dum on my commute. The reason this is momentous news is that for the first time in two years, my office is fully open and I have at least a day or two each week working around other people and having lunch prepared by someone other than me. Honestly, this is changing my life. I've missed being around people so much and listening to Dumpty Dum on my cycle into central London is just the icing on the cake. Was that an experimental one, Purple Pumpkin? (laughs) Second about the Alice, Chris, Amy storyline. Like Philippa, I'm enjoying a bit of an illicit affair storyline. But unlike Philippa, I'm afraid I think the handling of this new relationship is all kinds of wrong. Chris might want to argue that he is a free man, but he isn't even a little bit divorced. And Amy is meant to be Alice's friend. I don't like to blame the woman, but Amy has form with married men, and I think she's enjoying it being a secret. If either of them was actually thinking about what would be best for Alice and for Martha, they would have told Alice calmly, sensibly and in a caring way, not letting others learn about their relationship and expecting them to keep it from her. I really don't want Alice to relapse because of their selfishness, but I'd be happy to see a full-on divorce battle because Chris has been so thoughtless and selfish. Team Alice, keep up the good work on the podcast. Your pal, PP. Wow. Hmm. 
That's got a lot in it, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> delighted that you are enjoying the company of others again, Purple Pumpkin. I, I sort of share that feeling, having been released from my uh, self-isolation. But, I mean, actually, that that's it's all very well, isn't it, that um, we can all work from home, we can podcast from home. And in a way, the off- is the office redundant? But actually, that's what it does provide, that interaction be- between people, which um, you do miss, you do miss. Anyway, that's real life. Back to fictional life. And <laughs> she she said that um, he's arguing that he's a free man, but I like that phrase. He isn't even a little bit divorced. And that was my point. It, it, it just, you need to get that going first, Chris, before you can even start to start looking at other 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 partners at the moment, just because it's complicated enough already, mate, without really complicating it. And if you want to have a decent uh, access and custody, uh, not an ugly custody battle with Alice, this is perhaps not the best way of going about it. Um, what do you think about, she's suggesting Amy's enjoying it being a secret. What do you make of that, Philippa? I hadn't thought of that. Well, I can't fathom much of what goes on in Amy's mind, if anything <laughs> does go on in her mind. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm just concerned about how long Purple Pumpkin's bike ride is into into London, because I've got, I do have a feeling that this episode is going to be particularly long. And unless <laughs> Purple Pumpkin is cycling from Glasgow to London, she's not going to get it all done in one episode. So <laughs> keep cycling, keep cycling. Anyway, our fourth email is from Adam. What ho, P and Q. Hope Quentin's feeling better and Philippa isn't reeling in shock at shagging being mentioned on Radio 4. See, I've been forced to say it again. Again. The Alice, Chris, Amy story seems to have been surprisingly divisive. Some people are team Alice and some are team Chris. Nobody appears to be team Amy, so I'm going to speak for her. Yes, she's a bit dull, but she seems basically nice. Rather like Rex, who I like. People fall for who they fall for, and I think she has genuine feelings for Chris, but it mustn't be forgotten that, while she's not as ill as Alice, she's burnt out and vulnerable. Chris, meanwhile, is a creepy, controlling dick who is only thinking with his. That and the drive to do something to spite Alice because he is feeling weak. He is the personification of all that is wrong with traditional masculinity. Meanwhile, Harrison and Fallon are Chalton and Fenella. What? One for the tough kit audience there. It's a shame Fallon isn't Welsh. Keep up the splendid work. Bye for now, Adam. Oh, do you know, every time I hear somebody give a different view, I kind of change my opinion a bit. I know. I'm going to be so interested to see how all this pans out and uh, what happens. But Adam, that, that was a great email, although it made me say words that I wouldn't have said. But there we go. Well, I mean, it's top marks to, to Adam for... Um, for for, for forcing you to say it well not forcing it but uh, encouraging you to say it once again i mean you've said it several times i'm i'm impressed just just one point is that um he said nobody's team amy but of course kate earlier on before her walk with Catherine, said she was team amy so um the, the team amyists are gathering but our final and fifth email is from dear listeners anon of ambridge do you know a week wouldn't be the same without this really <laughs> <coughs> okay here we go dear uncle quentin and auntie philippa i was sitting in the bull this week having a nice time when rex came in and announced it was time for his party and everyone invited should follow him i was the only one left in the bull why wasn't i invited and what should i do thank you anon of ambridge um i can't help but feel 
anon that if you sit in the ball, and as your one of your recent emails suggested, talk about Ambridge being taken over by aliens, that people probably aren't going to be inclined to invite <laughs> you along to parties. Can I suggest that you come you come up with different conversational topics to perhaps make people not feel so spooked out by you and you never know if you talk about the weather and stuff like that or i don't know um uh, is the am navigable or not something non-alien you might get an invite and i hope you're drinking water Oh, Anon, just go and find Leonard. He's always wanting to sit with somebody. So just just go and sit with him. Anyway, thank you for your calls and emails. We love them. Do keep calling in. And now on to Dumpty Book Dump. This week is a little different. Instead of an author, I thought we should hear from someone who is a judge of book awards, TV presenter and huge Archers fan, Simon Savage. Simon Savage, who I like to call book royalty, welcome to Dumdy Book Dum. Thank you so much. I am delighted, Dumdy delighted to be on. <laughs> you you have views on the arches, I believe. Do tell. I do. I love the arches. I have loved the arches so much that I was born as it started playing. Oh. Yeah. It's a fact. My mum reminded me of this the other day because I'd said to her, oh, I'm doing this podcast all about the arches. I'm so excited. And she's like, well, it's genuinely, like I put being a reader down to being like my grandma's was a huge reader. My mum is a huge reader. Um, but they're also both huge Archers fans. So what do you think about the Archers at the moment? I don't like the new theme tune. <laughs> I felt quite strongly about that for some time. I miss the old one. <laughs> I don't like too much change. Um, but I feel like we're not getting enough of Lillian at the moment. <laughs> and I feel she's very important. But it's amazing how many books the Archers kind of creeps into. I'm always quite like, when I know that an author's kind of popped it into a book, I'm like, this is going to be a book for me. We're of a kind, we're you and I. Friends. Yeah. So I absolutely love Lillian. I've always loved Debbie. I'm a bit old school with who I love, if I'm honest. Um, although I am fond of Harrison. Although Harrison now probably isn't really that new. He's been there a while. <laughs> but when you've been listening to it since birth, Philippa. Yeah. <laughs> what about who you don't like? Who winds you um, up? So I'm glad they've got a new pip because the old pip used to get on my pip. Oh, the new pip doesn't? No. Because that's... Oh, Is that controversial? Okay. It is oh. highly controversial. You're you're right on the edge. I have brought controversy to Dumpty Dum. <laughs> I can't believe it. And I have to say, Alice has been through a tough time. I still don't like her. And I haven't ever really liked her. But actually, again, that's what's so powerful about the show. Because I'm not a big fan of her as a character. But bad things happen to not great people too. And I think that's been a really important moment oh wise words wise words from mr savage thank you this is why i was brought here and you've <laughs> delivered well done so thank let's you. just bounce on to the world of books because we can we can access mr simon savage in various ways we can find you on youtube of course at savage read but also you are on a podcast turn up for the book i am i am i'm 
Like the Archers, I'm on BBC Sounds. I mean, that is a whole thing in itself. There's some more TV coming up, I believe. There is, hopefully, yeah. Um, I am one of the presenters on Sky Arts Book Club. Alongside the joys that are Andy Oliver and Elizabeth Day, how could that not be the best fun that you have in your year? (laughs) Just like the fun I've had talking to you. So, Simon Savage of Savage Reads, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a treat. That was great, wasn't it? Book royalty simon savage i mean you couldn't be more of an ultimate fan than being born while the archers is playing I mean, he's the, what a diehard fan he is um and uh, he wants more lillian good on him yes don't we all so thank you simon now to facebook and we need to say an i'll do to you to 14 new members deirdre and matthew gary and angela karen and stella ashling and Gemma, tony and sharon leo and linda Irene and Lorna. And I also want to say um, welcome to Betsy Levy, who's uh, already recently joined the Facebook group and she's already contributing, which is great. Uh, She uh, lives in the Pacific Northwest and has already hooked up with other dumpty dummers uh, in the area. Isn't that fantastic? And she says she listens to our podcast every Tuesday. So welcome, Betsy. Oh, yes. Welcome. So what has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings on in the Dumpty Dum Facebook group with our Sue. Hello, my lovelies. Suey here. Green Old Tart on the Twitters. How the heck did it get to be March already? Well, another week has gone by with plenty of opportunities to get our knickers in a twist and pass judgment from afar on our friends in Ambridge. I've pulled out a few examples from the Facebook page. There were plenty of folk who were unimpressed with Chris and or Amy, but also so many people saying they're both adults and Alice is going to have to live with her actions. Andrew Jupp said, I am amazed by the number of posts criticising Amy and Chris. Remember, Alice wants the divorce, not Chris. He needs to move on. He's tried all he can. Granted, Amy is in an awkward position, being Alice's main support and confidant. But at the end of the day, this is hardly adultery or infidelity. He was not alone saying this. Ian Reid said, Chris and Amy have done nothing wrong according to the conventions of this century. Alice decided the marriage is irretrievably over. Chris pleaded. Alice rebuffed him and made it crystal clear she sees nowhere back. This world is a crazy place, especially at present, and everyone deserves to grab the happiness they can. CNA are not causing deliberate hurt to others. They should get on with it and love while they can. Standing back waiting for the flack. Well, the responses were remarkably flack-free, with many in full agreement. It seems there's a good deal of understanding for both Chris and Amy. Oh, not so on the episodes with Fallon. She has blotted her copybook for many. Sue Margerson says Fallon is getting on my nerves. And Maureen Manson said, I just wonder who Fallon thinks she is. It's none of her business. And if I recall, Chris didn't want the divorce separation. It was all what Alice wanted. If Fallon considers it such a friend, she wouldn't stir the pot. I think she's seeing herself as some kind of moral judge. Amy has also come across as having a notion in Chris, who's a lonely bloke looking for a bit of company. Hmm. Joanne Smith said, I agree. After consideration, I think Chris deserves to have his privacy respected. Also, as the person who ended the marriage, Alice has no right to know what's going on. You can see there's a bit of a theme here, isn't there? If she was still living as a couple with him, then she should know he was being unfaithful. But since she's decided they're not a couple, Chris's hookups are none of her business. 
And Leslie Southgate added, Fallon is in an impossible situation. If she tells Amy she's poking her nose in, if she keeps quiet, you can imagine the fallout when Amy finds out, as she will, that she knew all along. Terry White sums it up. Is it me or has Fallon become a bit of a judgmental cow in recent months? Can we have a change, please, says Daniel Grant. To the writers of The Archers, please bring back Russ into the equation. We need someone to ridicule. Every day I dream of Lily falling for Rex. And dearest Kirsty was talked into or out of going to Bulgaria. I wasn't entirely sure by the time they'd finished, but I did love Lindy Bottom. As did Jan Mitchell, who spoke for many. Would you like some crotted cream with that? Absolutely brilliant, Linda. I hope she stays. And Chris Bowery says, in a few months, the phrase Rex has taken Kirsty up the rewilding area could have a double meaning. Whereas Andrew Stewart mentions, as for Tom, evidence suggests continued success in the sausage business. If you've not been to the Facebook page lately, come on over and join in the chat. We love having new people join in. Stay safe, my lovelies. Until the next one. Thank you, Sue. And to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group, you would be very welcome to join us there if you haven't done so already. We're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag. It's one word using a capital T and A. That means the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers based tweets. Also, don't forget that that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. Also try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet. It means more people get to see it and it helps our community to continue to grow. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at QuickBook Review with a three instead of a W. And I'm at 13 Minute Man, one three minute man. Hello, it's Fry here. No, not that one. And now on Dumpty Dum, it's time for Tweet of the Week. Three good ones this week, uh, Philippa, and none with any naughty words, so you don't need to blush. Um, in bronze position, we have this one from Lady Danny Moranich at uh, Lady Danny One. Oh, goody, Fallon as a replacement for Mary Whitehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Judgmental. <laughs> yeah. Yes, bravo. That's her first medal as well. Welcome right, to the podium, uh, Lady Danny One. Uh, a former medalist uh, in silver position, one of my favourite tweeters, Lucy Tobin at Miss Luby Lou. And I spotted this as well. And it's nice when somebody spots the same thing as you. She, she said, Jazza went from never hearing the word serendipity to saying it perfectly. <laughs> you know, he smashed the bottle yeah, of beer again. True. <laughs> he was stumbling all over it. Quite right. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, but in gold, and it's, uh, it's at uh, underscore Sam Dean again. I've already mentioned her and her bra and tight thread. But you're also gold tweet of the week as well, Sam, for this. And um, it's uh, in relation to Kirsty uh, talking to Phoebe. She says, all the horrors of the last few years keep coming back. Horrors, Phoebe. I slept with Tom. <laughs> so there you go. Um medalist this week for tweet of the week just a reminder to follow us on instagram where we are striving for different content have a look at dumpty dum and follow us there well we need to start winding down so we must say thank you to hugh from hayes witherspoon bernadette rob meg and wendy bill from ukraine Stephen, new york nigel millie molly mandy rosie Catherine and kate richard ali emily sally from the west midlands purple pumpkin adam and anon of ambridge for all their contributions plus simon savage and god squad mia jane mitchy move for their dumpty dum chew 
Thanks also as ever to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Would you like some clotted cream with that? Will forevermore be known as the only way to end a critique of someone's life plans. Too true, yeah. Will Chris and Amy get matching tattoos, which Alice only discovers as they lean in to cut the cake at Martha's party? Will Ambridge's lack of cheap housing be solved by Rex establishing a houseboat empire? Forget rewilding, it's re-rowing from now on. Oh, no. <laughs> And will Fallon be able to keep the secret for more than two minutes? The next luxury hot chocolate she serves Alice will have gingerbread crumbs arranged to form the words, don't trust Amy. All will be revealed next week. But for now, it's a thank you for listening and a bye-bye from me. And I'm off to buy Barrow a more convincing sounding shredder. (laughs) Bye-bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.